0: Now, without further ado, this episode of the Daily Reprieve.
1: Beautiful uh, introduction, and not letting me check in earlier. So that's how deep our friendship goes. Um, <laughs> so my name is Bill. I'm a recovering sex and lustaholic. Uh, I am sober. Good morning, Bill. And uh, Hi, Bill. good morning, everybody. And Bill, uh, no, good my- to see you. Thank you, John. Same here. Same. Good to see everybody. And my sobriety date remains March 10, 2014, uh, one day at a time. I am truly grateful and blessed to be here today. And it's just so wonderful to see everybody. Um, I thought today uh, I'd cover five or six topics. Uh, I'm going to start with some low lights of my addiction. I'm not going to spend a lot of time in there, but I just want to give you a sense of who I am, where I've come from, what brought me into the rooms, what my life is like today. Um, how I try and keep my recovery fresh, some lessons I picked up along the way, and then not too surprising to sort of try and finish off with some uh, gratitudes and then something I've recently written. Um, so the low lights of my uh, addiction, I answered 19 out of the 20 questions on page eight of the white book with an affirmative. Um, if the last question was, should I have been arrested? Why wasn't I arrested and how I could have been arrested? the answer would have been a a clean 20 out of 20. In my opinion, I consider that to be an epic fail of my prior operating system. Uh, In my disease, I am capable of anything. I am a low bottom drunk. Uh, My MOs, this is sort of 40 years in the making, started out with masturbation. It moved on to pornography. Uh, I discovered chat rooms. Uh, From there, um, this all sort of happened simultaneously, adult bookstores, porn theaters, peep shows, some glory holes. From there, I graduated into escorts and prostitutes, and at the same time uh, conducted a number of serial affairs and cruising around in my car to a lot of unsafe locations. For me, uh, like the book talks about, it was all about the thrill, the intrigue, the forbidden, The more erotic and exotic, uh, the better. Um, I am capable of sexualizing anything and everything, anything to feed my addiction. Full stop. It did not matter. When I talk to my sponsor about this and we talk about, I sort of say this is what it's like. It's about 125 degrees in the middle of the summer. It's deadly uh, humid and the car is in the uh, parking lot of Walmart. The windows are rolled up. My wife and two kids, and unfortunately now my two dogs are in the car, no air conditioning on, and I'm trundling down Walmart. That's where my disease takes me. It doesn't matter. Everything else becomes secondary to me. All I'm doing is trying to get my fix uh, at the end of the day. Uh, For me, I started out as I can recollect back to about the age of seven or eight, uh, and I didn't join this program until I was 49. So I'm not particularly good with numbers, but that's 40 plus years of acting out, four decades of acting out. I just want to point out, because this is really no longer uh, the, the uh, justification, but my mom was undocumented with a fair amount of mental illness. And my dad died as in his disease as a compulsive gambler. And so there's just massive family dysfunction that were I would call them accelerants uh, to my disease, not the cause of my disease, but accelerants uh, to my disease. Uh, My character defects, I've alphabetized them so in the morning I can give them away to my higher power and at the end of the day I thank him for protecting me from that. But just the highlights for me, resentment, fear, rage, low self-esteem, false ego, selfish, self-centeredness, envy, built-in forgetter, memory of a goldfish, and a control freak. Um... Now, when I first start working my sponsor, we both share with each other our deepest, darkest secrets of our disease. And I do not want to share this today, but I'm going to, because I just want to let you know who I am. Um, so it's really a coin toss of my two worst out, uh, acting out memories. Uh, one was, and I, this is going to be a little graphic, so if you want to put you know, on mute for a second, please feel free. Um, I was with two transgenders somewhere off of 34th Street, and it was like the most bizarre thing of all time. And it was like a fantasy. I was trying to act like a porn movie and it was just insane. And the other time was I was in a porn theater um, in these booths, and there was all kinds of fluid all over the place. And there I was acting out with other people in a very unprotected way. Um, and then finally, in 2002, I lost my job because I thought in my best thinking, trying to hire a prostitute through my work email was a smart decision. And to this day, I don't know if I was fired because I was trying to hire the prostitute or because I was trying to work the price lower. I don't know exactly which way uh, I think maybe a little bit of both uh, on that. And my sponsor made me sit down one day and think about how much money I poured into this disease. And the number is $500,000. So half a million dollars went into this disease. Okay, enough of that. Uh, What brought me into uh, the room? I was increasingly becoming suicidal. Um, I remember I had my family over it was the holiday season and I was up in my bed on Google, trying to figure out how to kill myself. Thank God I found a website that was much more tongue in cheek than serious. And it said your kind of luck, you'll get hit by a train and live. You know, you'll drink the lie and it won't work. So, just things like that. Um, But I was increasingly losing my identity uh, on a sexual level, on just an emotional and spiritual level. Um, I didn't know if I was gay. I didn't know if I was bisexual. I didn't know if I was a man. I didn't know if I was a female. Um, I just know that I was completely consumed by lust and my world felt like it was getting smaller and smaller. I tried some therapy, Uh, I wasn't honest. Um, I tried an employee assistance program just before I was fired, but I never really uh, opened up about that. I even Googled sexaholism, and I got the 20 questions, and um, I answered the first two yes, and I stopped taking the questions because it says if you answer two or more of these as yes, you're probably a sexaholic. So I said, I can't answer a third question because I'm already old for two, and if I answer the three, then I'm going to be knowing exactly what I was. I couldn't stop. And the more I wanted to stop, uh, the worse it got for me. And my absolute bottom day came. um, As many of you know, I've been sort of wrestling with a bad back for most of my life. Uh, It's gotten much better through yoga, thank God. Um, But I was with my chiropractor, and I knew him for about 15 years. And I just, he was working on me, and I just started crying uncontrollably for well over an hour. And he knew a little bit about what I was struggling with, and I just cried. I just cried. Uh, From there, I um, revisited the 20 questions, answered 19 out of 20. Um, I looked up essay and I went to my first meeting on 34th Street uh, between 8th and 9th Avenue in Manhattan. And it was like divine intervention because no one else showed up for a little while um, and I was starting to lose my nerve. Um, And then all of a sudden this gentleman who I've never seen again, Comes in and says, Come with me. There's a meeting down at this place called Trinity Church, downtown Manhattan. Now, for those of you that are familiar with Manhattan, getting from 34th Street to downtown Manhattan should take about an hour on a good day. Well, there was no traffic. We got there in like five minutes. It was the strangest thing ever. And I walked into my first meeting. Now, for me, I thought it was like a ZZ Top Convention because everybody had these long beards and a very Uh, ethnic type of uh, people in the room. And I'm like, what's going on here? But then they read the essay problem, what is a sexaholic, the problem, and the solution. And I just knew that I finally found what I was looking for. Um, And I've been very fortunate uh, that I've not suffered a relapse yet. Um, I've had a few skirmishes along the way. I'd be lying to say that my uh, recovery is linear and perfect, it's far from that. Uh, But thank God I've been blessed with not having to reset my clock uh, one day at a time. All right, so now I wanna talk a little about how I live my life today. Um, When I started really getting into therapy, um, my first therapist gave me a card, which I carry in my wallet to this day. And it says basically clean house, trust God and help others. And that's what I've been trying to follow uh, for many years now. Uh, Sobriety, uh, as Dennis mentioned, I am deadly serious about it. It is my singular priority right now. For me, it comes before everything else because without it, I've already proven I have zero. I have zero physical uh, peace. I have zero um, emotional peace. And I have absolutely no spiritual uh, serenity whatsoever. But sobriety for me is really only the beginning. Um, as the big book talks a little bit about, I'm given a daily reprieve uh, based on the maintenance of my spiritual condition. So I got to be working this thing 24-7, at least when I'm up, because my addiction is certainly working equally as hard uh, on the other side. I'm going to say something now that might be a little strange, but my life has gotten very simple. I'm very happy. I'm like a dog. I'm living much more in the moment. I am generally happy, joyous, and free, um, like the book talks about. I actually am starting to care about people. I have a long way to go on that because it's a, been a billow centric world for a long time and not thinking about myself is not my default mechanism, um, but I'm trying to think about others much more. Um, I spend a lot more of my time trying to P-R-A-Y uh, for people versus uh, P-R-E-Y, which I did for a long time. Um, I am constantly talking to myself with the serenity prayer, uh, the third step prayer. I continue to try and memorize the vision for you. I I just can't get it. It's unbelievable, but I keep working on that. Uh, I've been increasingly working on the seventh and the 11th step prayers to try and break myself out of the rut of just the serenity and third step prayer. And I use the fourth step prayer quite a bit out of the big book, which is the Pity, Talents, and Patience prayer. And what can I do for that person? And then, God, please remove uh, all my character defects. And there are many. Uh, I use that quite a bit. And it's an active dialogue with my higher power throughout the day, not just when I need him, but when I really am just appreciative of him. And I was walking my dogs this morning, and one of my dogs, a.k.a. Free, is aging very rapidly. And I was just looking up the sky and thanking my higher power for allowing me just to enjoy our walk this morning, which should normally take 10 minutes, but took about 45 because he's gotten that old. But I was just I was just happy to be in the moment uh, with my animals. Um, One of the things I talk a lot about, I'm big on acronyms, uh, something my sponsor has uh, helped me with uh, along the way. Um, Sometimes it's trite, but for me, it just keeps it simple. Uh, But I've been trying to live by the GASH principle. Uh, which is G A S H. Uh, the D, the G, excuse me, stands for gratitude. Uh, when I first came into the program, and my sponsor said, "Bill, what are you grateful for?" We we're sitting on a church in Brooklyn, uh, and ironically, where my sponsor lives is very close to where Bill W. lives. Um, and um, I looked at him and I said, "I, I, I really have nothing to be grateful for." And he just sort of scratched his head in a very knowing look and said, "You got nothing?" And I said, "No, I got nothing." Um, you know that's changed uh quite a bit for me uh as many of you know uh, i now write a weekly gratitude i do a gratitude list every day but i send one around i've sort of dubbed it the gratitudinal i don't think that's english but i'm trademarking that word anyway um and many of you have been kind enough to allow me uh to send it to you and i i i greatly appreciate that and i get a lot of gratitude because many of you have now started uh gratitude list so it's a i think a nice uh way of going through life and for me Gratitude is the antidote for resentment and rage. And I have carried a lot of resentment. When I did my fourth step, I had 140 some odd resentments uh, on there. And uh, some of them dated back 30, 40 years um, at the time. The A stands for acceptance. uh, And for me, that's the antidote for anxiety. For me, uh, anxiety is very close related to fear and control. And uh, that then sort of sets in resentment. And then that's the lever, that's been the lever historically for me to go rationalize and act out. Um, As many of you know, we had to put one of our dogs down recently, Cody, AKA the biter who bit me like four times. Um, And when he was sick and I didn't know what to do, my wife and I had a little bit of a down and out fight about it. Um, And I made a bullshit amends initially, but then the next day I made a real amends to her. And I said, look, for me, it was all about fear. And my wife said, yes, when you get fearful, you can't control the situation and you get a little nutty. Now it used to be that I'd go act out. um, And now I turn to acceptance uh, because that's the only thing that helps me work through uh, such things. Um, I just wanna show us three examples of how that's worked for me recently. Um, My cousin, uh, Ellen, Uh, who's about 70 years of age, uh, was diagnosed about six months ago um, with uh, terminal bile duct cancer. And I just have to accept that. I can't fix that. Um, I can only be there for her one day at a time, the best I can as her cousin. Um, My son, as many of you know, was in a horrible hiking accident uh, last October. Um, When I first got the call, we didn't know if he was going to make it through the night. He was on emergency surgery. God bless him, he's home. But I flew out there a couple of days after the accident. It was in Wyoming. And I cried for the first week. Um, and then I realized I can't control that situation either. And it allowed me to let go of that anxiety and then be there for him of service. And God bless him. He's, he's doing very well now. Thank God. Uh, the S stands for surrender. And for me, that's the antidote to control. Um, I walk around with a control slash resentment Uh a judgment clipboard. In fact, it's multi holstered. Um, how I stand upright is is unbelievable. Um, but I'm a control freak. It's a form of arrogance, and sadly, it's a form of uh, playing God. And it doesn't work for me. And when I'm struggling, it's because I'm trying to control something, and I gotta try and let that go. And the H stands for humility, and for me, that's a little bit of an offset to both humiliation and ego. Um, Today, I really see myself for what I am—not just the bad, but also the good. Um, I've been out of control ego uh, in the past, um, and I like the the blue book where it talks about our problems are of our own making. Uh, that was definitely me, um, and self will run riot. That was definitely me, and self centeredness and selfishness. Well, that was me as well. And like I said, I lived forty plus years in in increasing humility and an ego that was just running amok and unchecked and humility for letting me see what it is like when I look at everyone now and I see myself in the in the window, I'm mortified at the hair and receding hairline and uh, every joint in my body hurts, uh, if you will, but I'm no longer um, abhorred of what I see. I'm much more accepting of that. I try to live now by doing the next right thing, even if nobody's watching. Uh, I think I'm finally able, like I said, to stand up and feel proud about myself, and having some level of accountability at this point in time. Um, I was never really good at that. Um, going, I was always blaming others, displacing all of that onto others. But for the first time in my life, I'm doing the right thing. The great example happened today. I want my. I took my dogs out. I forgot to bring a bag with me. Well, they did their business and I'm like, well, I got to get back, so I want to take a yoga class. I got to get this, this, that, 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 that. I walked back out and I picked up this stuff and I came back home and I felt much better about myself. Um, I operate now in a world of full transparency uh, and zero tolerance for the gray zone. It doesn't mean that I don't go in there, but I really don't have any tolerance for it. And so the way I describe it to my sponsees is it's like a fishnet in the water, right? It's going back and forth, back and forth, it's almost debris and stuff goes through there and everything. Every once in a while, a crab gets sort of caught on the side. And that's my disease. And if I can't get the crab out of the net, um, I have to get on the phone. It's not just talking to my higher power. I have to get on the phone and tell myself about it. Because the other way I talk about it, my disease is like moss. And if it gets inside the crevasses of my head, it's going to leach into my whole body and really kill me. Uh, Because moss doesn't grow in the light. It doesn't grow in the in the warmth. It grows in the dark and the dank, and it's not a good place for me to be. Um, I try to get to at least five to seven meetings a week. That works for me. It's sort of like a daily uh, recharge of, uh, of my recovery. And for me, with Zoom, you know, it's 13, step, 11 steps down into my basement. You know, I can be on a meeting in, in minutes, um, and that's been very helpful. Um, I do chair a couple meetings. Um, I run a DSR on Sunday mornings. Um, I'm part of inner a group uh, that's been helping me give back uh, to the group and very selfishly deepens my recovery because I'm constantly looking for good readings uh, and I guess do a lot of reading, a lot of research, and that just sort of keeps me very present. Um, I'm a big fan of the big book um, as well as the white book. Um, seems like everyone with long-term sobriety uh, seems to be sort of ensconced in-, in that big book, and my sponsor has blessed me with working through the big book in my recovery, and I've been adding the uh, step into action more recently with that. Um, I do sponsor. Now, I think we need to take a moment of, spo- uh, of silence for the first couple of sponsees because I was a horrible sponsor in the beginning. Uh, and you might say I'm still a horrible sponsor for those of you out there. And that's probably true, but maybe less so uh, than where I was because I was so self-centered. I wasn't doing it for, for giving back. I was doing it from an ego perspective and it, it didn't work. It didn't work for them and it certainly didn't work for me and I try and make a ton of phone calls. Um, I I think I have 120 people on my phone list. I can't say that I speak to everybody all the time, but I can say that I speak to many people quite a bit. And uh, I love being on the phone talking about this stuff. And last time my wife's like, it was 11 o'clock and I was on the phone with someone, she goes, don't you ever turn it off? I'm like, no, it's just sort of the way I am these days. And then finally I just work the steps. Um, Right now I'm sort of zoned in on steps 10 through 12 but I'm really working three on a constant basis, four, uh, quite a bit, six and seven, constantly adding to my amends list. Um, and then, like I said, uh, nine, making amends. And I'm, I'm hoping to make an amends with someone that I injured, physically injured back in middle school. And I'm waiting for him to call me back because I am waiting for that call. Okay, so how do I keep my recovery fresh? Because um, I need to get out of my comfort zone. Because when I'm in a point of complacency, Uh, That's a very dangerous place for me to get to. Um, I recently redid a 90 meetings in 90 days. Um, Hadn't done that since like my first year of recovery. Um, A lot of times I ask my sponsors, are you willing to do it? And if they say no, that's a warning sign for me that they're not willing to do it. So I want to do what I asked them to do. And I did that recently. I did part of it because I had already started to think about this anniversary coming up. I said, no, I'm getting way too over my skis. Now, I may have gone a little overboard. I did 148 meetings in those 90 days. Not that I was counting, uh, but I went to a meeting every day. And it's obviously a lot easier with Zoom than getting in a car or getting on a subway, what have you. But I made that commitment and I followed through. I went to a different conference. I went down to the Atlanta SA conference via Zoom. And it was wonderful and I was better for it. It It's something I wasn't doing. I don't need need one of those things. What, What am I gonna learn? And it was fabulous. And I was in Minnesota with my son while he was having surgery walking around in zero degree weather, listening to panels and, and speakers. And it was it was phenomenal. Um, I recently picked up the Step Into Action book. That's been phenomenal. Like I said, my sponsor started me with the big book uh, where that Step Into Action has been phenomenal. Uh, and I'm reading, I've, I feel like I'm underlying every, every line in the book. And it's nice because each of my sponsees is working on different uh, steps. So I am multitasking a little bit on the steps, which is a no-no, but it's just been great uh, overall. Um, I recently picked up a new sponsee um, and then I've written a couple of articles uh, that I've been fortunate enough have been published uh, in SA, and I've just submitted two more uh, to them, and it just keeps me attached uh, to the group and, and let me really think through my recovery. Uh, but my recovery is not just steeped in the 12-step program. Um has to be way beyond that. It's my life. Um, I don't believe in a negative sobriety of removing things along the way. That's May work for others. I find that for me to be a very finite way of living. So I need to have a positive sobriety uh, at the end of the day. Um, I've been in and out of therapy uh, twice since I joined uh, this group and it's worked because I was real, I was open, I was honest, I was transparent, I was vulnerable. And I just thanked both of them the other day when I got to my seven years. And I told one of them, you made me the most uncomfortable of anybody. And I thank you for that um, along the way. Um, as many of you know, I've, and I want Mike C's not here tonight, uh, today, but he got me into yoga and that's something that I've been doing almost every day, uh, since I started my recovery, it helps me on a physical level, but it's increasingly helped me on a spiritual and emotional level. In the class I took this morning, the teacher has no idea how she's talking to me on such a different level, uh, than just the positions, uh, that we're working through, um, I love to be in nature. Um, I do a lot of hiking, a lot of walking. Uh, I've been doing a lot of walking at night with a light on uh, the stars. It, uh, it, just, it just grounds me. Uh, it right sizes me. It really uh, curbs my ego. It allows me to connect with my higher power. It's like a walking meditation. Uh, I'm increasing my meditation along the way on top of that. Um, I love my dogs. I spend a lot of time with them. As you know, I've codenamed them Joyous, Happy, and Free. Uh, we just ha- got Happy's remains back the other day, and we put him in the garden yesterday after a little memorial service. Uh, but Joyous and free are still with us uh, for now. And I've been pick- picked up my guitar. Uh, my wife got me guitar lessons about six years ago. And I said, ah, I don't need those. And then I started taking them again. And my teacher happens to be a recovering alcoholic. And it's like a spiritual get together. Uh, and it's just wonderful way, and it's productive for me. And again, playing music has become just soothing my my senses a little bit. And like I said, I just continue to work the steps in all my affairs. Um, I want to talk a little about lessons I've learned, and I'll wrap up soon. Um, so, ten things I've learned uh, along the way. Uh, one is I've learned how to better use my sponsor and how to be a sponsor, uh, and, and how to be a sponsor for being a, to, working with my sponsor. I now tell him what I need to tell him, not what I think he wants to hear. And that took me a couple of years to figure that out. Uh, and that what made the relationship from this to this. And that's when a lot of growth set in. I recognize that my time is not God's time uh, in any way. Um, I've also recognized that there's my business and there's none of my business. As an addict, I wanna solve everybody's problem. I wanna roll my sleeves up and get involved and have an opinion. And I got to let that go because that just doesn't work for me. Um, I have to play the real forward. I use the crassness of WTF, WIT. Now, since it's recorded, I won't say what the F is, but what the flagnards was I thinking uh, when I start to think through my acting out. Because again, I forget, I, over, I overvalue the reward, which was zero, and I undervalued the risk, which was 100 uh, each time. I also have to work the program for me. Uh, the only thing I can control. When I got my one-year coin, I took it out of my wallet, and I was with my wife and my sister at a restaurant pre-COVID. And I show them the coin, and I thought their heads were going to explode. And they're like, "What the is this?" And my wife looked at it and said, "I don't get a coin." And at that point, I stopped. I put the coin away. Haven't showed it since. Um, I don't compare myself to anybody else. I have a couple of stories, but I'm running on, so I'll say that for another day. Um, If I'm struggling, I'm not surrendered, and I got to figure out what's going on. It's usually some kind of character defect. My sobriety equation has gotten pretty simple. The acting out is a masking agent for my lust, but the lust is a masking agent for all my character defects. But what I'm really learning is that all of that is just noise for my lack of relationship with my higher power. And the deeper I work with my higher power, the deeper my recovery gets. Um, This one's gonna be a little long one for you guys, but it's taking me the full seven years to really enjoy the miracles of the program. Um, So wait it out, the miracles do happen. If they've happened for me, they can happen for anybody. My relationship with God is strong as it's ever been. My relationship with my family is healing. It's far from perfect, but it's a lot better than where I was. I can handle my emotions a lot better. It's not perfect and I have slippers along the way, but it's a lot better. I have a lot more balance in my life, I'm less reactive. And the last thing I've learned is, I've yet to hear anyone who has relapsed or left the program come back in and say, their life is better for it. Um, I just wanna sort of end up with some gratitudes. Um, first, all, I wanna thank everyone for being here and letting me drone on for a while. Whether you have one day of sobriety, no sobriety, a year, multiple of years, I relate to each and every one of you, except for the guy that names rounds with Fennis. Uh, I have to thank my sponsors not here today, uh, but God bless him for his patience and 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 vision, experience, strength, and hope. And I have to thank my sponsees. I mean, they they keep it real for me. Um, I have to thank my wife. Um, God bless her for the patience of a saint and staying with me. Uh, my higher power, who as I reflect back on the totality of my life way before program, he was guiding me all along. At his fingertips of keeping me safe and sound. I, I can see. And of course, my two dogs are uh, joyous and free. So I just want to end with something I've recently written. It's essay pending, uh, so it's not quite approved literature, but bear with me, it's not that long. It's a poem I've written called Growing, Growing, Ever Growing, and it goes like this. Running, running, ever running. Searching, searching, ever searching. Yearning, yearning, ever yearning. Craving, craving, ever craving. Leaving, leaving, ever leaving. Fearing, fearing, ever fearing. Stopping, stopping, ever stopping, sinking, sinking, ever sinking. Controlling, controlling, ever controlling. Spiraling, spiraling, ever spiraling. Negotiating, negotiating, ever negotiating. Dying, dying, ever dying. Yielding, yielding, ever yielding. Surrendering, surrendering, ever surrendering. Healing, healing, ever healing. Praying, praying, ever praying. Stepping, stepping. Ever stepping, heating, heating, ever heating. Grateful, grateful, ever grateful. Accepting, accepting, ever accepting. Letting go, letting go, ever letting go. And with that, thank you for letting me share. My name is Bill. I am
0: a grateful, recovering sex and lustaholic. <laughs>